Be seated. All right, we're in the book of first or second? First Corinthians written by, he wrote it to who? That's right, the church of God in Corinth. And Corinth was a Greek city. It had a, a, a pagan little G God that was sort of what was sort of the main, their main small G God for the city. Who was their small G God? Aphrodite, goddess of fertility and sex, and and that is is shows you. Uh, we'll see as we read this book um, the state of the church of Corinth, what they've come from, and then how their Paul is trying to gut to guide them to honor Christ in all things that they do. So that con- context is very important. Last week I gave a bookmark out to uh, to a lot of you. I, I shared uh, six things whenever you approach scripture, especially on your own. Six questions that you can ask. Does Anybody still have their bookmark? Good. Can you put the bookmarks up for a second? Don't throw it on the screen. Can anybody share share one of the one of the six things that we can ask? Go ahead. Uh, is there any promises to claim or to keep? Good. What else was there? Yeah. Examples to follow. When you look at, at scripture, we can ask that. Is there any example for me to follow? What else? Go ahead, Carl. Is there any error to avoid? Error to avoid. Doesn't necessarily have to be a sin, but he who, who walks with the wise becomes wise, a companion fool suffers harm. Josh? Is there any sin to forsake? Sin to forsake. Sin to get away from good. And right here, down front. Is there what? Yep, good. Commands to obey. There was one more. It was the very first one. And is there any, any facts about, about God, right? Is yeah. that it? Okay, yep. Sorry, I, I was saying it right when I, was, I, saw, I, I saw your hand. So, so I wanted to repeat those because, man, it's great. When you go to Scripture on your own, ask those questions, whatever Scripture you come to. I've got some more of these bookmarks down front. If you didn't get one from, from last week, let me encourage you to get one uh, and just stick it in your Bible. So when you study, you, you can sort of ask those things. I asked myself when I looked at this text, we're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, 3 tonight. <clears throat> and um, I, I asked myself, what would it look like for our church and our students if we lived out 1 Corinthians 1 and 2? Okay, we've only gone through ch- ch- chapters 1 and 2 since we, we, we came back, since school began back. This is where, what we've come through. And these are some things we've, we, we've heard. Let there, let there be no divisions among you. Let's walk in unity. We've also read uh, God's foolishness is wiser than man's wisdom, and God's weakness is stronger than man's strength. And, and it, it says that's why he'll use the weak things of the world, the foolish things of the world, to prove how big and how great of God he is. And I think a lot of us can relate to that, because sometimes we think, man, how could God ever use me in the fact of, that you're the very one God wants to use? Because he wants to show not how good you can be, but how great of God he is for a world that needs to see him. We've also heard time after time, I don't know if you've seen this, but every time Paul talks, he ends it with, and don't forget, Jesus is everything. The crucifixion is everything. That's what we've seen in chapters 1 and 2. And what would it look like if we lived that out? What a force we would be, our church and our youth group, in the community that we live in, 
if we live this way, not just when we're sitting in here at the edge on Wednesday or at church on Sunday, but when we walk out the doors, great things to strive for. Um, I, was, I was reminded this week uh, of uh, every, every week we have students that walk through these doors that are struggling, that are, are struggling and they think I'm not important. They think no one cares about me. I just don't fit in. What's the point? And I would, I would, with a group this size, there was someone in this room that's probably had some of those thoughts either today or this week or this month. <clears throat> and I, I thought about that and, uh, you and I, students and adults that are here, but students hear, hear me, you and I have an opportunity to love, to sincerely love by welcoming, welcoming whoever walks through those doors into our youth group. How do we do that? Well, there's a greeter team we're trying to work on. And you know what the point of that team is? It's not just to greet you that come here all the time, this is your church and you're growing in your faith. It's to greet those that are new and they don't have someone to to sit beside. It's to, it's to welcome someone that, that, you know, and what I want to say, I love our, it's neat, our youth group, we have a little time before the edge where y'all just hang out in their cir circles. You, you may not know it, but y'all buddy up in circles, and the circle can be four, it can be eight, sometimes it can be 12, but you are like tight shoulder to shoulder as you're talking about a third or half in the circle, never pipe in, but they're a part of the circle. Let me encourage you to always enlarge your circle especially here. Look for the people on the outside of the circle and just go around them. Suck them into your circle. Does that make, make sense? We have an opportunity. You have one to make an impact. Um, you, 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 like I said, could be one here tonight that you just feel like your life's sort of a wreck and you're trying to figure it out. And you may have been at this church and part of this youth group for a long time, and this may be your very first time in this room. But I want to tell you something. God has created you with a purpose and a plan. In his word, Psalm 139, 13, and 14, it says this, For you, meaning God, he, you form my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made wonderful are your works. Down in verse 16, it says this, your eyes saw my unformed substance in your book were, were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, and when as yet there were none of them. God has created you with a purpose and a plan. Sometimes we get so distracted and bogged down by this world that we, we can't even breathe. But I want you to know that tonight. I want you to know... Um, some of you are just going, does, does anybody care? I care. There's a lot of adults I know in this room that care. And there's students in this room that care. I, we, my wife, adults that you see as we work with youth, we are available to you. Because sometimes you just need to talk. I go to Chick-fil-A. Um, and, and we used to go to Chick-fil-A. We started it like 11 years ago. Me and about three students would go every week to Chick-fil-A, and it slowly grew. When did it start right at 
No, but it was a little bit past, past then. I don't remember exactly. I'm getting old. Andre, don't hold that against me. <laughs> You're good, bro. You're good. But, you know, one, one thing I, I love about Chick-fil-A, and I want you to know, sometimes I'm tired from a Wednesday. And there's adults that go there that are they're tired. It's been a long day. Been at work since 7. And I go there because I want to talk to students. I just want one to be around, or, or parents. A lot of times I'll, I'll also find myself caught in a conversation with parents. That's why I want to go there. And if you ever need to just talk or know, need to know if someone cares, grab me by the arm and say, can we talk? Please do that. It's so very important. I have uh, done this before, and I'm going to do it again. I think I've got my cell phone and my wife's cell phone. She's out of town. She's gone to, to visit her mom and dad. Uh, so those are our cell phones. Now, you could be mean and prank call me and all sorts of stuff. Don't do that. But if you need something, if you need to text or call or help or something, or Pastor Dan, I, I get this a lot. Hey, I'm reading this in the book of James, and I'm not quite sure what it means here in chapter 4, verse 1. I think it's this. What do you think? I'll just send a text right back. 4 a.m., I, I may not get it. So give me a little slack, okay? But we want to be available to you. All, all, all this front end, sorry, but it was just, it's just not even a whole lot of part of my, my plan. It's not even the text that we're going to be in tonight, but it's important for you to know. You with me? We um, are going to have youth beginning to read scripture each week here, uh, and it's going to be like our, our main text. Each week we stand up in honor of God's word as we read part of our text, just to re remind us that this is the word of God and we stand in honor of it. We don't stand every time that we read it, but the first time we're going to, just as a reminder. And so we, we've got some students that signed up, said, I'll, I'd be glad to uh, read. And um, so I actually talked to the first one on the list tonight, and she said she would do it. So Isabel Page, would you come on up? Give her a big hand. Come on. And she gulped a little bit and said, I'll do it. So that takes courage and guts. So I appreciate that. Uh, and you can stand right here. Uh, and so we're going to be in 1 Corinthians ch chapter um, 3. And we're just going to read verses 1 through 4. So would you stand in honor of God's word and just follow along together? Go ahead. Dear brothers and sisters, when I was with you, I couldn't talk to you as I would to spiritual people. I had to talk as though you belonged to the world or as though you were infants in the Christian life. I had to feed you with milk, not with solid food, because you weren't ready for anything stronger, and you still aren't ready. For you are so controlled by your sinful nature. You are jealous of one another and quarrel with each other. Doesn't that prove you are controlled by your sinful nature? Aren't you living like people of the world? When one of you says, I'm a follower of Paul, and another says, I follow Apollos, aren't you acting just like people of the world? All right, thank you so much. Let's pray together. Dear God, we thank you so much for your word. Chance to um, read this together in this room. Uh, and Lord, I just ask that you'll use your word to speak to us tonight. Lord, we need you. I need you in this place uh, because I am just a, a broken man speaking to broken pe pe people. And God, we, we need you uh, as we work through this text. Lord, help us to... to, to learn what you want us to learn, and Lord, help us even more to apply it to our lives and to live it out, because our world needs to see it. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right, have a seat. 
You know, it starts out, but I, brothers, could not address you as spiritual people. Now, we've heard that word through the chapters 1 and 2, where he refers to spiritual and the natural people. In today's world, you hear that word a lot, like, man, this person is spiritual, and that's not always a good thing. Can I, I tell you, I've talked to youth and they understand the word God tells them to be, don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers and they're in college and they go, well, Pastor, I'm starting to date someone. They don't really go to church, but they're spiritual. And I'm like, what does that mean? It, 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 it's, it's just, well, you know, they meditate and they th- think about good things. In the text here, that's not, 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 not what Paul is saying. Spiritual means believer in Jesus Christ. That's what he's talking about here. So don't get that confused on what is sort of how the way the world is is used. Now he says something here. Look at this. But I, brothers, could not address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. And even now you're not ready ready. There's three points that we're going to bust through this text. And, um, and the first point is this. This is what Paul says to him. Don't be offended when I say this, but grow up. Paul says right off the bat right here, hey, 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 church, hey, church, grow up. Now, now let me explain that. Have you ever seen a baby feed itself before? Like a three-month-old grab a spoon and get a, a, a knife and they're at Longhorn and you've got an outlaw ribeye rib with fries and it's cooked medium rare. Ooh, sounds really good. And, um, and they just, you put it in front of them and that, that baby just starts to eat it. Have, is that real life? Why? Because a baby can't feed itself. It needs someone to feed it or it cannot nourish and take care of of itself. It will probably eat the, the nap, 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 napkin somehow and knock the plate on the floor. That's what it's going to do. And it won't make it unless someone intervenes, if someone steps in and helps. And do we understand someone intervened in your life and in my life? Do you know that you cannot feed yourself and someone, whether it was a friend who shared the gospel with you or a preacher up front or a parent, someone shared with you the the gospel and fed you in these little bite-sized chunks that you could take in and eat. Same thing applies. So there's a point when you had to eat like a baby. That, that when you first come to faith, that's how you come. It's, 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 you know, you can't feed yourself. You're trying to learn. You can't even chew your food. You, you gum it. And, and he gets to this point in this text and he says, hey, you know, when, when we started out, I fed you milk and still five years has passed. Y'all know what, what chapter in Acts we read about the church of Corinth being birthed, beginning? Does anybody remember what chap, chapter in Acts? Because it's found in Acts, the book of Acts. Acts 18. Just a good thing for you to know. Where does the church of Corinth start? starts in Acts chapter 18. And so he says, hey, five years from that has passed. And he says, hey, 
before I fed, I, I fed you with milk because that's all you could take in, and I want to, to feed you with more, but you, you still can't take, take it. And there's many that are in this room, and I can sort of, I think I can say that, that the only time that you are fed with the gospel, with the word of God, is when you come to church and someone's like, open up your mouth, here, here you go. And that's the only time you're getting fed, is when someone else is feeding you. And Paul is saying to them, as, as we, and we can hear this, this for ourselves, there's a point where we've got to dig into it ourselves. That we've got to take the food and cut it up and eat it ourselves. Have you ever seen a, a, a baby that won't eat and a parent that's trying to f- feed it? Mm-mm. And the, the parent does what? Oh, here comes the choo-choo train. Yeah. And the parents are, are always doing this. And they're doing their mouth. And finally the baby opens the mouth and they shove it in. Right? And babies, and they, I used to clamp their mouth shut, but that's probably against the law. And, um, sorry, Joseph. Um, and so, and so what, or it's a dis- distraction. Ah, someone's being funny. Look at that. Ha, 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 ha. Scram it in their mouth. Right? So we entertain or distract to feed a baby. And can I tell you, as a pastor, it's exhausting entertaining and distracting to feed you. Exhausting. I can't do it. I've never been cool enough, funny enough. I just can't do it. But so many times it feels like that's what we're, that's, that's the, for some, that's the only way they're going to get it. And Paul is going, there's a time you've got to feed yourself, grow up. And that means, you know what? You might have to put your phone down, get off YouTube for 15 minutes and open up the word. Oh, I don't know if I can do that, Pastor Dan. Well, we've got more problems if you can't do that, right? There's a bigger issue going on there. So point one, that was fun, wasn't it? Grow up. I love getting to say that. Um, Look here in in verse five. We're going to read on verse five to verse nine. It says this, but what then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants through whom you believed as the Lord assigned to each. I planted Apollos what? Watered, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants, nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. He who plants and he who, who waters are one, and each will receive his weight, wages according to his labor. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. I want you to know this next point. When it comes to salvation, God gives the growth. He says, he says, what does he, he says, I planted. Paul's like, I planted. I put these seeds out. I shared. Apollos came in and he, he watered. He nourished those seeds. He, he shared more. But Paul and Apollos cannot save. Only God can save. Only God gives the growth. That's point two. God, and can I tell you, that's a freeing thing for me. I don't know, sometimes we feel pressure. What if, what if I don't win, what if I don't win someone to Christ? What if I don't save them? What if, I, what if I'm their only chance? God just asks us to do this, be faithful and obedient. He doesn't ask us to save them. God is going to be the one that does the work to change. We cannot 
do that. Just be as faithful as you can. God gives the growth. In the early 1960s, I wasn't alive, so don't go. <laughs> I wasn't. That was well before me. There was a lady named Linda Bailey. She was active with a group called Youth for Christ. She invited a man named Bill Yeldell to this Youth for Christ um, tent, tent meeting. And there was a guy named Bill Glass that was there. He was an old NFL football player who had, had given his, his life to Christ. And Bill Glass spoke, and that night, Bill Yeldell, this young man, gave his life to Christ and put his faith in, G in, in, in Jesus Christ. Fast forward a few years, Bill Yeldell actually married that girl named Linda who invited him. They have a son named Gary. One day, Gary, in the ninth grade, he meets a kid who lives down the street named Dan Walsh. Oh, what's this? Dan Walsh doesn't really go to church, doesn't really, he believes God might be real, but God's not a God that can cares because why would God, how could God cares make, make me with the speech that I have? It must have had to be a God that doesn't care. He invites me to camp, talks me into to, to going there because there's four times as many girls at this camp than guys. And when you stutter, you need all the, you need the best odds that you can get. So I went. I went to try to find love at that camp. On the fourth night, I found love, but not in the way I expected. The gospel was shared that night by his dad, Bill Yeldell. And if I didn't move from my seat and, and run to Christ at that moment, I think I would have exploded all over the place. My life was changed. I got to call to the ministry. Um, in my young years as a youth minister, I led a guy named Justin Keaton to the, to the Lord. He was an unchurched kid um, that was from the cat, cat, Catholic Church. Um, and he started to come to our youth group. He uh, actually invited a friend of his. Some of you know him. His name's Eric, uh, Eric DeVore. Uh, who's been at our camps quite a few times. He actually brought Eric and led Eric to, 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 to Christ. He also led a girl named Fa, Fa, Fabiola, that, that, that's her name, to Christ on his school bus one day on the way home from school. Over the next four years, she was a part of our youth group, and she, she led more than 20 high school students to the Lord that began coming to our youth group that doesn't count the ones that were going someplace else. One life that did all that. And what's really cool about that story is that God gets all the credit. Bill Yeldell did not save me. Gary Yeldell did not save me. God saved me. When I shared Christ with Justin Keaton, I didn't save Justin Keaton, God saved him. God does the growth. And it's awesome to see how God works. Takes the pressure off. You don't always have to be exactly right. We always want to look the best and get it just right. We don't have to. Look here in verse 10. Sort of wraps up with this. According to the, he says this, according to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled a master built, a builder, I laid a foundation and someone else is building upon it. Let each one take care how he builds upon it. For no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. The first part is grow up. 
Second part is God does the growth when it comes to salvation. Third part is this, grow right. Grow right. The foundation must be Jesus Christ. Paul, once again, he can't get off this. He says this every time. Why? Because it's an issue. Because we put other things in the way. Mercy Hill Church, Mercy Hill Church students, we must always remain built on the life, death, resurrection of Jesus Christ. That is the only play, the only card we have. It's not, man, we got these great things, we do great games, that's great, but you know what's greater than anything we do? It's Jesus Christ who gives hope to the hopeless and who redeems those that are in rebellion against him. It, It makes no sense at all. And I love the, how Paul says this. Paul writes this about himself. According to the grace of God given to me like a skilled master builder. Paul just calls himself a skilled master builder. This is, this is what I've done. I've laid this foundation of Jesus Christ for someone else to come in and to build up, up on it. Build right. Y'all will leave our church. Some will stay around town. Some will go off to college. Life will take you so many places. Don't go ever to a place that doesn't have its foundation based on Jesus Christ. If it's entertaining you, if it's tickling your ears, there's trouble. Be careful. Some, some people come here even to our church and they even say, some of the staff, we just need to talk about loving more. We just need to love more, and we do need to love better. But we also need to understand our sin and our need for Christ, and that's the most important thing we have. It's not about the big crowd, and our youth group is sort of big. Y'all are sort of scary looking. It's not about the, 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 the cool band, but we've got some, some, some cool bands. Praise God, that's great. But if we ever steer away from from the word of God and that being most important, we're in, in trouble. We've got to build on the foundation. And he says, look at this, um, and, and someone else is, is building on it. Let each one take care of how he builds on it. Can, you're part of this church, part of this youth group. You are building. You, your life is building on this foundation. Take care how you build upon it. I see you. They see you saying, yeah, I go to church. I go to that church. I'm part of that. Yep. And then when you leave here, you are not living for Christ. You are pointing them more away from the church than to God, to Christ. Build right. Grow right. That's what we're called to do. Be careful how you build. That's the challenge for us today. Let's grow up. Some, we need to start getting in the word on our own reading it on you need help with that come talk to me about it come talk to most any adult that's in this room i'd love to help you with it it's time for us to feed to grow up that's why i i i gave you these these six things that when you get in the text start to read start to feed yourself and when you do that you're going to be amazed at what god reveals to you he has created each of you each of us with a purpose and a plan never forget that the world at times will say you are not worth anything. God created you with a, pur- a purpose and a plan. 
Let's pray together. Dear God, I thank you so much for tonight. God, just the chance to talk about growth, uh, that, Lord, we need to grow up. Lord, I thank you that you caused the growth. Uh, Lord, that you caused the growth that reached me and that have reached so many in this room uh, to uh, understanding knowledge of the gospel and uh, just saving faith in the gospel. I thank you for that, Lord. But help us to grow right. Help us as a youth group grow right. Help us as a church grow right. But help us, each of us, in our homes, individually, to grow right and honor you. Thank you for the challenge of this word. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If I can meet with the greet greeters right down here, if you want to join in on some of our, our teams, there's a list on that, that wooden beam that's sitting out there. You can sign up on that, and you'll have a great week.